Hello and welcome to a new episode of New Daddy Life Podcast. Today I have a good friend of mine on, Luke Nolan, who's been a dad for, what, six years? Six years. Six and a half. Six and a half. (laughs) When do you drop the half? Uh, Probably when the kid does. (laughs) Like, she's six and a half, I don't know, ten maybe? Ten-ish? Yeah. They probably start saying half about that time, maybe a little earlier. I said that the other day, actually. Um, Somebody asked what the age difference was between me and my brother, and I said two and a half years. Oh, yeah. And they laughed at me. (laughs) I didn't understand that. Uh, Um, Okay, I'm going to do a quick rundown. So right now, mm -hmm. we are at 34 weeks and six days. Tomorrow will be 35 weeks. The baby is the size of an Eggo waffle box from Stranger Things. An Eggo waffle box? <laughs> That's huge. Yeah, I know. Not so, an Eggo waffle, but the box. Yeah, I know. Wow. I chose movie and TV props. <laughs> Compared to? Yeah. So if it was a fruit, it would be as big as a pineapple. <laughs> I think that's more relatable. Is the waffle box from Stranger Things a different size than from somewhere else? I don't know. It's all the same. I don't know. I would imagine it's the same. It a if it were 80s and 90s nostalgia, it would be uh, as big as the moon boot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so she is like 17, 18 inches and roughly that's crazy. five pounds. That's like, that's like a full baby. Yeah. And still four weeks out. Is that right? Uh well yeah, wow! Five. I got corrected yesterday. Jessica corrected me on that too. I said four-ish weeks, and she yelled at me and said five. <laughs> Apparently, she's not. Too well, it ready. could be three. It could be six. Yeah, she's gonna come when she wants to. When come. she wants to come, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So touching on that, the mom is feeling well. Seems more irritable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, she's been sleeping more kind of lounging around more and uh yeah i just noticed recently in the last few days maybe last week that she's been a little snippy on a a couple of occasions so um there's that um i think she's also feeling not prepared and not ready for the baby to come which i think is somewhat normal definitely um and i'm kind of feeling the same way feeling like 100% 100% well, normal. Scared as shit. <laughs> and <laughs> and what do we do on that first day that we bring home the baby? <laughs> so, just figure it out. So that's kind of how I, how we're feeling at the moment. Um, no doctor appointments recently. Really no big changes. And I think the next doctor appointment is the 8th. So about a week or nine days. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's it for the the quick update. Can you imagine, can you put yourself in her position right now? I mean, what's anything that we've ever been through that could compare to uh, like the the physical that they're going through? And we've been bloated, but that's like (laughs) the closest thing. Maybe it bloated all the time to a ridiculous amount. Yeah, you know what I... I look at her belly and it looks comparable to guys who have been drinking for 25, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. They've got like that hard, just yeah. gut that looks like a huge basketball. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. 
and they probably feel similar. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I can't even imagine. And, and for it to happen that quickly in eight months, you know, those guys have spent thirty, forty years <laughs> yep. getting used working to working on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is um, the time. Um, you know, you hear eight or nine months pregnancy yeah. and you think well you get all the time in the world but man it, <laughs> it goes, goes by fast. quick <laughs> super fast it goes by so quick but that's another thing too i think when you're talking about how long have i been uh a parent i think you guys i think that kind of starts at conception <laughs> to a large degree you know yeah i mean i think i mean with the preparation you do and just the thinking about it and uh yeah i mean the baby's there it's just, you know, tucked away. Yep. But uh now you guys would be great. Someone was asking me, um, Katie's parents were in. I forget who it was, but I mean you I mean you've read up on it, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean I've read I've, the books and which right there is more than ninety percent. I've read a book yeah. um called Bumpin', which I thought was really good. <laughs> It's kind of is from the female perspective, of course. And then uh, uh, Jessica bought me a book. Actually, it's underneath that um, those papers there. What's that? Called? We're pregnant. Yeah, we're pregnant. The first time Dad's pregnancy handbook. Yeah, she bought me that, and so it's like a week by week thing. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like the what to expect when you're expecting, but for yeah, guys, kind of. Yeah, and so it's and it's easily digestible. Yeah, it's you know one two pages tops for like each week. That's cool. And then I started reading, um, I think it's actually right there, yeah. Crib Sheet? Yeah, oh, that's started good. reading Crib Sheet, and it's, that one's... Data-driven? That one's more interesting to me, yeah, because it's written by an economist, and uh, so she's really big into data and research, and um, and so, yeah, I've started going through that more easily than some of the other ones, but it that that one's really interesting. So I, I think that probably brings up a good point. I mean, because you're asking about like what to do like after the baby's here, uh, and all of this is is huge. It's preparation, but I don't know. I think I think at the point you just kind of gotta kind of create your own style, right? Yeah, but it's just like anything <laughs> else, right? How do you create your own style? It's probably based on previous influences right yeah and and that information or data has to be helpful yeah um this that crib sheet i like it too because it the first couple chapters or whatever they focus on like the the late term pregnancy and mm -hmm. actually delivering the baby and then it goes into like the first year right and and like what to expect and what to do and all that jazz yeah i think that might be one of the biggest things too is um like when when you're pregnant, it seems like everything you do might be kind of centered around making sure the baby's as healthy as possible. Yes. And then once it's born, there's a whole other aspect of um, like what do you want for that baby? I mean, you want it to be... Yeah, like no. Happy and healthy and well adjusted. Yeah. So the health is still a huge part of it, but then it's and I mean it's already a person, but then once that interaction starts, it's you start thinking. I think, what do you what do you want for it? You know, not only when it's an adult, but as it grows up. Yeah. And um, 
No, I've definitely already started thinking about that. Another thing that has been constantly on my mind is, um, well, I want her to be proud of me. And so as a dad, like, what do I do in order for my daughter to be proud of me or glad that I'm her dad? Did did ever ever cross your mind? Like, did you ever definitely? I think. I mean, I think it's from the time you try to make like babies smile. You want them to like you. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe there's a difference between liking you and being proud of you. Uh, and Genevieve's six and a half, so I already get like eye rolls and stuff. And uh, <laughs> But I think it, it comes down to, uh, and kind of, I don't know if your own style is the right way to describe that, but um, you you know if you're putting in the effort, you know? Yeah. And you know if you're doing your best. And I think that's what it comes down to and 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 they see that they get that and if they don't <laughs> and and there probably be years on end where they don't get that there probably was when i was a teenager sure where i didn't appreciate it and i had great parents yeah and you know it's yeah so i could see that how that'd be difficult on the on the parenting end but you know if you're putting in the effort yeah, but I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of as a profession or other activities that I'm pursuing mm. or you know whatever. Yeah. Like just as a person. I just <laughs> I don't know. I want her to look back in at my I don't know, list of accomplishments and just be like, "Oh, sweet, you know, like those yeah. those are cool." Yeah. Well, you're you're well on your way, and but there's I mean also no telling what they're gonna think is cool either. <laughs> True, and I'm thinking back of like a lot of those movies I've seen before, where it's the adolescent daughter who could care yeah. less about what her parents do or don't 500 know. Five hundred CEO. No, yeah, she has no idea what her parents do. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's legitimate. And I think you try to share experiences, and I think a lot of times you. Um, you know, you introduce them to things that you're interested in. Yeah. Because it'd be cool to share that. And sometimes they have no interest in that um, just because of their personality. I think that might be hard for me. Or whatnot. I, I've thought a lot about, like, just ask me what's the yeah. one thing that I want to do most or am excited about. Right. It's traveling with her, of course. Yeah. And so, like, I want to show her the world, right? I want to take her all these places that I've yeah. been to and, you know, share those experiences. And, uh, yeah, what if she doesn't like traveling? <laughs> yeah but i see gonna I think be traveling you could incorporate a lot of ways i mean regardless of what she's into you can make that part of it to some degree you know whether she's into art or sports or reading i mean traveling you know that's that's involved in everything yeah to some but degree i like if she just hates the actual logistics of traveling some people just aren't into it like i know people that yeah. never left the state <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you run yeah. across people who's just it doesn't interest them. But and then I and I think you mentioned this before, some of that is um you know, when they're younger, they're not making that choice whether they're traveling with you or not. They're traveling cuz you're traveling. Right. So, yeah, maybe some of it is uh their preference, but a lot of it if that's all they know or that's the norm for them, mm-hmm. then um I don't think I don't think it's gonna be something they hate. Wouldn't imagine, but yeah. 
So yeah. looking back on it now, you have six and a half years of experience. Yes. What's the top thing that you would have done differently? It's been pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no. Done you, differently. Um, is there anything? At any stage during? No, maybe it, maybe it might mm-hmm. make sense to break it up. Maybe does anything come to mind with like the first year or two years? Like, uh, well, the pregnancy, uh, wife Katie, you know, she's, she was very focused on, and you know, obviously still is on what's best for her, but the health part. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky in that regards cause she was definitely on the ball as far as that went. In terms of like eating right, and yeah, yeah, all that. Um, so that's good. Um, Katie did during pregnancy; like she was really hyper focused yeah. on the eating right. Did she yeah, exercise during pregnancy? Exercise, prenatal vitamins, all that. Um, and I don't know this. This might be my biased judgment, but she breastfed. Yeah, which I've heard everything on both sides of the spectrum on that thing. So, like, what do you mean? Well, just um, Je- we're, and maybe we we're just really lucky. But Genevieve seemed to be like a really healthy kid, not, like not being sick. Mm-hmm. Like we've known, you know, kids that, you know, were going to the doctor every couple months with, I don't know, colic or yeah. something, or and uh, you she know, never you hate to, to attribute it sick. to one thing because it's not. I'm sure it's all the things. Yeah, but. Um, and my mom breastfed, so I don't know if I have a thing to that. But how long did you guys? How long were you guys breastfed for? Um, I think I breastfed like one of the longest out of like I got nine brothers and sisters. Yeah, like I was like two and a half or something. <laughs> oh really? And Genevieve was about the same. So I read though this we tried is... to wean her at like one and one yeah. and a half and two. No, I but know. I, think she did I remember talking to you about it during that time. Yeah, um, that's actually one of the things that. Are, uh, I want to talk about this this week was uh, for the segment. There's a I like to do a, a, a little segment called the crazy shit that I've learned this week. <laughs> yeah. But that was part of it, and it's, it has to do with uh, breast milk. But mm-hmm. uh, the World Health Organization they said that it's like they recommend breastfeeding up to two. Oh, interesting. And I read that a baby's uh, or a child's immune system doesn't fully develop until they're like four. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, and so... Well, the World Health Organization hasn't been the most trusty lately. <laughs> oh. but, but for that, in my experience, I totally agree. <laughs> I think in their defense, they didn't. They don't have much data on the coronavirus, but... That's true. Um, and I'm surprised it's even that young at four. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine it'd even be later. I mean... You hear your brain doesn't finish developing until you're in your mid twenties. Yeah, no, and I wonder if that has something to do with like the age that they recommend school begins. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything from the beginning, like when you first breastfeed, there's some kind of colostrum. uh, colostrum. Yeah, Yeah, which is like the super nutrient rich, whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I mean, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this. How important, like the, um, the pregnancy part is when they're in the, what's it called? When you're inside the mom, the the womb, the womb. (laughs) 
when you're in the womb, I think this is crazy because, you know, you're having all these influences, internal influences for nine months. Yeah. And those got to be affecting you. But you, it's really hard to tell how. Yeah. And they, I'm sure they they come out throughout your life. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of like building your foundation, you know. I mean, are you starting from this shaky foundation that's, you know, not the healthiest place? But but that again too. I mean, for breastfeeding, from what I hear, and even even Katie had a thing. It's hard for a lot of, yeah. and it doesn't occur or happen like naturally, or and sometimes doesn't happen at all. Everything from, yeah, no, it, I, from what I've read, it takes a little while for it to uh, to come in. So um, I think that's like with one of these, even in this crib sheet thing, the data thing. If it said yeah. this is the best best thing, I feel like that's something where uh, with everything is. Parenting, you got to kind of go with the flow and kind of have a plan B and not go crazy if things don't happen perfectly. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So the uh, so for this, I, I read this today um, on Medela.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their website is, but <laughs> they seem to have... The beer company? No, <laughs> it's Mo, Modella. Modella? <laughs> yeah. No, this is Medela. Um, but it seemed like they had some, um, a pretty decent article and it was cited by some research papers that I actually clicked the link and oh, wow. checked out. Yeah. But it's the baby. So day one, baby has a stomach, the size of a marble and only needs around one and a half ounces. So that's why Not crazy the claustrum, it comes out like real thick mm-hmm. and it does. Yes. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. they don't, the mom doesn't produce very much. Right. But the baby also doesn't need very much the first right. day. So it increases each day. Mm-hmm. Day five, the baby will consume between 18 and 28 fluid ounces. Whoa. So from day one, one and a half, and day five, 18 to 28 ounces. That's Well, it's a one and a half. It can hold one and a half. But then it digests it and can... No, this is the baby will consume that uh, much, it says. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean that whole thing, like how they get nutrients in the womb, to to like that that changing. Yeah, and so they're different. Like there's a foremilk. Have you heard about this? Uh, foremilk and hind milk. It does sound familiar. Foremilk is what. So in the course of a day, I guess the mm-hmm. the milk that comes out first uh, is called foremilk, but it's more watery. Hmm. And so the content of fat is less. So the hind milk is more concentrated. It's creamier because it has an increased concentration of fat. So it's really, it's strange. Yeah. I wonder if that's to maybe helps hydration. If it's, I don't know, this is complete. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Throw the dirt, huh? And that's another weird thing that I've heard multiple times is like water's not good for yeah, I've babies. Yeah, too. Which, uh, I, I think I probably heard an explanation, but I can't think of it. I don't know. Yeah. It also said that in the colostrum, there's like millions of live cells, and it's like a lot of anti... Like bacteria almost? Like good bacteria? Yeah, like uh, probiotics, proteins. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like, it's been called the, like, 
the natural vaccination. Yeah. Hmm. So that that's an interesting thing too, because you can get real stuck on one side of that. Because it it totally sounds like it makes sense where Mother Nature knows what she's doing, and she's been doing this for millions of years, and like we should trust her. Yeah. But on the same note, you can go down that road and be like, well, I don't want vaccinations because Mother Nature knows what she's doing and she's been doing it for a million years. So it's it's like, it's just not a gray area, but it's... Yeah, but at the know. same time, like you want to... Mother Nature, I think, looks at the whole and not the individual, right? And so like you want to protect your yeah, own... That's a good point. Your own child. And I think that's where the vaccinations come in. But if you look at the whole, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. No, I haven't thought about that. That's that's an interesting way to to look at it. But it says like, um, yeah, so like the composition of the breast milk changes as the baby develops. And that. also, depending on which gender it is. Uh, so I read that. Um, as the baby gets older, starts, you know, crawling around, putting things in its mouth. Right. That the mother's milk will produce like, uh, or it contains more protective bacteria fighting enzymes. Uh, that's interesting. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And you wonder what, um, what is it that triggers that to change? I don't know. I said you that know? if the mom is sick or or if the baby is sick, that the breast milk um, will start developing more of these like good bacteria. See, that's wild. To help protect the baby. So since we're on this topic, there was also one other study um, that I read on Scientific American that was actually conducted by Michigan State. But they studied 72 moms in Kenya Mm-hmm. And the women with sons produced richer milk with um, that contained more fat. So they had like, um, I think like 2.6% fat versus like 1.73% fat for... So like if you had a male mm-hmm. son and your milk had like 2.6% fat. If right. you had a female, it had 1.7% fat. Huh. But... If you were a poor woman in that village, it favored daughters. So the the women who had daughters had uh, increased milk fat. And it went from 2.6% to 2.3%. So I was reading, and this said that if this is like um, evolutionary biology theorizes yeah. that, uh, well, it's basically like natural selection, right? Mm-hmm. So in good times, males are favored. But in times of stress, uh, females are favored. Huh. But they found this, it was consistent in uh, monkeys. Mm-hmm. Like there's like the rhesus monkeys or marquis or I don't know, it's a type of a species of monkey, but they also found it consistent in seals. Right. Like that's mind-blowing to me. That's some that That's is crazy. interesting, but but even even today, isn't it crazy? Like of however many billion people, isn't the male female ratio like fifty one to forty nine or still super close? Mm, I think my mom looked it up like two days ago. It was like fifty two percent women, forty eight percent male. Oh wow, that's a bigger difference than I would have expected. That's yeah. interesting, huh? 
So I'm wondering, like, you know, if that's the case, I was thinking about that too when I was reading the study, and I'm thinking, well, which countries or which areas are seeing more population growth? Is it is it the third world countries where they're under more stress? Yeah. And and their body may perceive that times are not good. Yeah. And so they're favoring the female. Yeah. I don't know. So it's kind of uh kind of interesting information. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I mean that's triggered when the baby's, you know, before the baby's born. But just how does that get locked locked up in the DNA or whatever? So it's just I don't know. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that that's something too. And like I said, the last thing I want anyone to think is like if for some reason they can't I mean, I've definitely had, you know, brothers and sisters, just families who they couldn't breastfeed for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's plenty of super athletes that I'm sure have, you know, grown up on formula and whatnot. Yeah. But that just a couple of things you mentioned with the change in the, the, the flexibility is not the right word, but the um, how it changes by the child and for the child. Obviously, formula is not going to do that. It's gonna no, but Jessica mentioned that the other day, too, is that... Uh, or maybe formula has all that stuff all the time. Well, they so do. Fortified. Well, okay. So, I, yeah, I read... Um, there was an article with uh, the co-founder of... that Was it Imilac or... Oh, Similac? So, yeah, well... Yeah, yeah one, one of that the, makes the powdered... One of the formula companies, but yeah... yeah. Um, and he was saying it kind of sounded like he kind of poo-pooed this idea of like the, I guess the the necessity of uh, changing the formula for each gender. Um, uh, but Jessica said that she just read an article that said that uh, other companies are looking at changing. Mm-hmm. Or having a different formula for different genders. Yeah. Well, like you said, even different age ages. Yeah. To some degree. So, like, what role or what effect does, would that have if um, a male baby is getting more fat than a female? Like, doesn't that help with, like, brain development and everything and, like, overall yeah, and how much of it is because of what they already have? I mean, is there something to oh, the male biology and female biology where, yeah. you know, maybe a female doesn't need as much fat because her biology is, hmm. you know, situated differently? I have That's interesting. No idea. <laughs> yeah. So we're posing a lot of interesting questions. Yeah, so obviously, I don't know. Any expert in this area, we'd be happy to tie to if they wanted to chime in. I don't know anything about that either, but uh, yeah, besides the whatever the hour that I spent looking at it today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So back to things that you may have done differently. differently. Um. Let's see. So a couple of things we tried and maybe could have given it more time um, was sleep schedule. Oh, so yeah. So Katie was always really good making sure she got 
you know, it's down early enough, got plenty of sleep. Obviously, that's huge for kids and adults alike, I'm sure. Um, but she co-slept for a number of years. And we'd try the whole let her cry it out thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, she'll she'll get tired of crying in 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. An hour and a half later, it feels like child abuse sometimes, you know? Yeah. If you're letting her cry and cry and cry, so then we'd... You know, and, and basically she would nurse to fall asleep for those first couple of years and then yeah. sleep with, uh, sleep with Katie. Um, but the the infant's not supposed to sleep in the bed, is it? Are they? Um, I've heard both. I mean, you don't want to roll over her or whatever. Yeah. Is that the idea? But co-sleeping isn't like an uncommon thing, I don't think. Yeah. But, but that kind of brings me back to like nature. I mean, I, I kind of, the fact that we went through it, maybe I'm trying to rationalize it, but in a evolutionary way, I mean, there is definitely that bond between, you know, mother and child where, um, I don't know. And I come up with a lot of weird theories, but, um, I don't know if it's a psychology class, but you talked about, you know, kids that undergo real bad stress when they're young, mm-hmm. they don't develop as well as they could because it's kind of uh, um, they're using all their energy and nutrients just to kind of survive or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I wonder if, you know, them being comfortable or, um, you know, even at night, I don't know. At what point is that just coddling? Oof, that's a good question. And probably before three. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think we definitely gave it a shot. And I think part of that probably was because at times it was easier. And when you're sleep deprived and it's late at night. Yeah, I'm sure you just want to cave and just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Because it's not a one-night thing. You're no. doing that for... And every kid's different. Some sleep great right off the bat. Some travel really good right off the bat. And mm-hmm. um, but, and, and I don't know. I mean, Genevieve's been really healthy. We've been really fortunate. And she's a really smart and great kid. So... um. It's easy to go back and say, well, it seems like it's worked so far. It's worked, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but there's that. And then obviously there's always going to be, um, you know, the health thing continues, like what they're eating. Sure. Which they're going to want to eat what they want to eat. Again, Katie was really good about, you know, making sure to introduce different things and healthy things. And, yeah. Jenny's pretty good about eating. Uh, that probably has more of an effect over the long term, right? Is is their diet? Yeah. Because I'm sure. Yeah. How much you breastfeed or use uh, formula or the sleeping arrangement? That's only going to last for a short period of time. But the their diet and the things that they, right. You know, they enjoy eating. That's that's the long term. But again, it almost feels like all of this stuff when they're young is like the beginning of a domino effect. Yeah. And it's a compound effect. The stuff that happens, exactly. The stuff that happens yeah. when they're three and four maybe has a 
bigger effect of what happens when they're 26 and 27 um, in a lot of ways, you know? Because this little domino. Do you has, think it's more of a butterfly effect? Yeah, to some degree. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. I think so. Hmm. It's kind of hard to predict then, isn't it? Like, Super hard. Yeah. And, and I think you kind of got to come to terms that you're not going to be able to. And all you can do is make the best decision with the information you have. Sounds like a crapshoot. I don't know. Totally. I like is. that. <laughs> it, it's 100% a crapshoot. And, yeah. Huh. But, yeah. 100% a crapshoot. You can do everything right. And it can go very wrong. And the opposite. Now, the odds are more in your favor if you try to do everything right that things will work out. But... Yeah. There's no guarantees huh. at all. And even if things are going right now, that doesn't mean they're not going to change on a dime in a day, a week, or a month. So when she was younger, like what was the sleep schedule? Like when you brought her home, like newborn to say six months, like what that looked yeah. like? Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, I think I think they dictate that to some degree, but then you try to kind of start having a night schedule where you're putting her down, knowing she's going to be getting up a couple times at night. Yeah, but so, like in your in your uh, experience, like did she, when she came home was she? It was it like every two hours she was awake. Like how much did she sleep during the day? Uh. Yeah, I don't remember the numbers. I want to say the, she a night the, owl. Do they sleep more during the night or during the day? Or I think that's kid by kid. I know she wasn't great at sleeping long stretches. Oh really? And I think, if I remember correctly, uh, her feeding schedule was they're feeding like every two or three hours. It seems yeah, like. and that's a lot of why they're not sleeping through the night because you know they're just they, eating right. Um, that fourth meal. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um hmm. so but that's the other thing and i don't know if, if you have any experience with this or a thought on this but and i don't even know how i feel about it but i was talking to my dad and he definitely feels like you know kids are born with their own personality i've heard that from other parents before and there and i've seen you know even when genevieve was like one or two years old, like her playgroup friends. Mm -hmm. Very, very different. I'm sure they all have a different home life. Yeah. And from my experience, the difference between boys and girls was significant. <laughs> really? Yeah, where it wasn't just, uh, I mean, just, you know, boys being more aggressive oh, and, yeah, and yeah. physically, you know, uh, expressive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but every kid's, yeah, different, so. It's so crazy, man. It's crazy. Big time. All the things you're just born with, you don't really have much control over. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's one of the cool things that you'll like because you're a learner. And one of the things I've liked, like seeing her these first six years is... um. You don't you don't relive your childhood, but you do you do kind of go back to that time and you know you go through your childhood, but you miss so much. 
mm-hmm. because you're focused on this or this or this, you know? But if you don't have a child, you're not freaking listening to lullabies and sing-alongs when you're, you know, 40 years old. Sure. Unless you have a kid. Yeah. But seeing how they react to that and go through um, all those stages again, it, you do think about your own, um, you know, childhood and probably something you want to go back and think of or contemplate about. Yeah, see, I don't remember much about my childhood. I feel like I don't remember much in general. I mean, you know that, but like, I am, I am uh, interested in seeing her experience things for the first time. Yeah, I think that would be cool to see because when you see something for the first time, a lot of times you don't recognize that and you don't acknowledge it and think, "Wow, this is the very first time I've seen something like this." Yeah. Yeah. And I keep talking to Jessica about that too. I'm like, man, like when you bring her home, like, I, I don't personally, I don't want like, it's, I don't know, it may seem silly, but like loud noises or bright lights or anything. I'm like in like comfortable clothing. I'm like, think about it from her perspective. Like she's coming out of this nice float tank. That's yeah. like, that's a nice that's and warm metaphor. And yeah, it's like, kind of a sensory deprivation situation and then she yeah. comes out and then boom she's in a discotheque <laughs> yeah a loud and, one and, and, uh, yeah she's at a rave all of a sudden yeah sensory I mean, overload yeah i mean yeah. that that to me would i would freak out and sure. so like i i don't know just being aware of that i don't know if it's makes any sense at all or if there's any truth behind it but i feel like that might yeah, I would, that, that might cause her to to have some sort of like pain or anxiety or, yep. you know, making her cry. <laughs> like, but what's crazy is, and we don't know what Mother Nature is trying to do. You know, it, it, is there an evolutionary function to, um, what was the word you used for her? Like, uh, you know, everything going on overload almost. Um, um, if there's a sensory deprivation, no, like no. the sensory overload. You're talking about yeah. her being um, overexcited, or yeah. So, so maybe if there's like that scared factor, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, like, and I was talking about, you know, trying to keep it, trying to keep that stress level down, so that, like the body was free to to grow for sure. But nature also, I think, sometimes requires that stress to grow. So, you know, it's like you could rationalize it either way, and it's probably something in the middle. There's probably a balance there. Yeah, you know, today, though, humans, under we're under so much more stress than ever before. Yeah. And it's conditions that are unlike what we evolved with. That's true. Yeah. And so just, I mean, think about all the things that we're bombarded with every yeah. single day. So you like, need to... even being out in nature, we're not hit with like all these screens and right. like all this artificial light and TV noise and music and cars yeah. and airplanes and people. I mean, so you need to scale it back just to get it back to where the natural amount of sensory overload is kind uh, of. 
I, yeah, I would yeah. like to introduce mm. things and so in a more manageable mm. way where it's not mm. like, boom, right? You just get hit with it. Yeah, and controlling that is definitely possible to some degree. But I think if you bring it up, I mean, I remember teaching elementary school, you'd see kids that had, you know, really hectic and crazy households. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it because because they're constantly sensory overload or they don't have any sense of um, steadiness is the wrong word, but you know, everything's always changing. And so it is really hard for them to, to focus or yeah. uh, I don't know if grow is the right word, but it's probably just a dumbed down version of that to some degree. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Think about when we were kids too, like even like what TV was like in the eighties. Like, we had one central console, right? Yeah. The colors weren't very vivid. Mm-hmm. The sound was not very good. And it was coming from one direction. There weren't 100 channels. Now, the TVs, though, they're all HD, 4K, blah, 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 with these super rich, vivid colors. And then mm-hmm. we've all got surround sound. So it's coming from behind us and in front of us on the side. Yeah. And we're just being hit with everything. It's like, talk about sensory overload. Just... Just in the last whatever, you know, 20, 30 years. And you weren't watching it all day. And you had other times that you were bored so your mind could process whatever was going exactly. on. Exactly. And you weren't going to sleep with, you know. Your screens or your screens music, podcast or whatever. That. And I know, I know it's stupid and dumb <laughs> and wrong. And I still do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's all. I think that's all legitimate. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I've talked to my brother too about uh, the amount of like screen use and yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a huge supporter of that. I think that I would want to limit the amount of TV that or screen time that she has for sure. Yeah. And how how did you guys approach that with Genevieve? Um, I don't know. I I think we're we're definitely um, good about it. You know, as she gets older, I think she does probably have a little bit more screen time. Yeah. Um, But it's not like... Look at what what age did... At what point did you introduce like an iPad or an iPhone or, you know, like whatever? Um, I don't know. It's probably pretty early for just i mean just because like all the streaming services are and everything mm-hmm. so if she's watching mother goose rhymes on tv she can also watch it on the ipad yeah which um so you guys like like fairly early on yeah and like i said like I, three I, months i think it was pretty limited oh no i don't think it was within six the months first year oh really yeah, and, and Katie's way better at dates than I am. I don't remember her watching a ton of screens before she was walking around. Hmm. Yeah. But I I, I could be wrong. Yeah. But uh, it it, it was de- even now. It's not something that you put in front of her, and it, it's something we're doing together. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Although, you know, she'll occasionally, well, well, you know, we go for a jog and she'll be watching a show or, um, 
and uh yeah or even if we're at lunch and we're not sitting down with her but um so, definitely so she sits in that stroller when you guys are <laughs> yeah i think this is the last year you're gonna be able to use that stroller. i was gonna say <laughs> at what point do you stop using a strail a and, stroller and, and 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 she's a small six-year-old but i was just talking to katie <laughs> about that today um yeah she's gonna have to start running alongside you so what's nice about it is because i can take her with me on jogs this way mm-hmm. and then about halfway through the jog she does get out oh. and we'll walk a mile or whatever and she'll yeah. jump back in and we'll jog home which is kinda <laughs> nice. So um yeah, but next year and, and we'll scooter and bike sometimes, but um yeah, I don't think she's gonna fit next year and <laughs> and uh, what was the, You might start getting some weird looks. Yeah, what's that called? A strollering around a seven year old probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mentally is probably not gonna cut it. <laughs> uh, so there might be a pattern here, huh? So uh, breastfed for quite quite some time, <laughs> strollered her for quite some time. <laughs> we, we do everything a little bit later. <laughs> Hard to wean her off, huh? No, I think I I kind of came with three questions. Did do you mind if I throw some out at you? No, go ahead. Because <laughs> I've never been able to answer the following question. Uh, have you thought about why you want kids? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's uh, my responsibility as a human. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. To uh, help the survival of our DNA. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's heavy. It's a, it's a very uh, unromantic <laughs> point of view. Well, it's a lot more romantic than I'm going to have kids to work the farm or whatever because it's a necessity. But see, I, I think, you know, that's kind of what we hear a lot growing up. Say, oh, well, a couple hundred years ago, people had big families because they needed to help work the farm. Yeah, I think we know more about science now than we did a couple hundred years ago. I don't know. But and I think I, I, women, at least in my case, have more of a gut feeling for it. Like it's it's a... Yeah, it's a feeling or a need that they need to... And that's kind of what I'm getting at here. I think that's the evolutionary part of this. It, mm-hmm. It's the DNA inside of all of us that drives... Yeah. It's just, it drives women to have kids. Yeah. You know, like it's that See, internal I, I didn't need. Feel that, I didn't feel that pull or that longing or that... You're a modern man. <laughs> I'm still being ruled by my reptilian brain. <laughs> Well, it's probably the, the better way to go. But like with a lot of things that I didn't know why I wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know. Yeah, no, and I think that's really probably why I waited so long, too, is because there's a lot more logic and like rationality behind <clears throat> decision making these days. I think right. 100 years ago, you'd have just done it early on because yeah. you died early <laughs> on. and <laughs> Yeah, and now there, you know, there's a lot more to do and everybody wants like a full and complete life and. I think right. that was another piece of it too. Like I want that's I kind of view that as like another component of having a full and complete life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that too. I think when you're single, you go through a lot of stuff and you get a feel for yourself and kind of you form a uh, a perspective about the world. But you feel like that it's almost that experience you don't want to miss out on or 
Is there something about that or I don't know. Could be a little bit about the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, just like with any res- response, uh, it's not cut and dry with just one thing, you know? Yeah. I would think so. It's probably a little bit of the experience, the experiential side of having a kid, and then a little bit to do with. Yeah, I just feel like it's my need, is or my my duty, or my responsibility as a as a human. So that leads me to my next question: Is what do you want for your daughter? I mean, what what would your what would make you feel successful? Oh, this is great. Uh, Jess and I we, we were going for a hike the other day, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I, we were talking about like potential careers for Olivia. And- <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Well, just things that we th- would hope that she would do when she gets older, you ah, know. Yeah. And Jess is big into sciences and stuff, mm-hmm. so she said, you know, something like a researcher, or, you know, right. something like that. And I said, I wanted to be, her, uh, I wanted her to be a caricaturist. <laughs> <laughs> New York, <laughs> a beanie hat. <laughs> I mean, it, skateboard. It was a lighthearted response um, <laughs> to a serious question, but I don't know. It's just, it kind of just, it's one of those things I want her to be happy, of course. But I also want her to live a full and rich life. So try different things, have yeah. have unique experiences, try hard at things, fail. Yeah. You know, have, to have a complete full life, to, you know, have ups and downs and, you know, successes and failures and all that jazz. Yeah. I I think that's something that I've I've tried to do personally, and I think that I don't know. It's one of those things where you look back, and it's like you know you hear about this when you read. I don't hear different podcasts or whatever, whatever I've heard it several times where it's like these people that um, interview um, elderly folks, like on their deathbed, and they always yeah. like it's their one regret is like things that they didn't do, right. So, I want her to. I just want her to try. Yeah, that's a good answer. I think I feel the same way. You just want her to be happy. Yeah, and I think that guides a lot of your decision making. And you're talking about stuff that I do differently. Um, but I think you want to be happy, not spoiled. No, but I think that's like. You want them to try different things because you think that'll make them happy. Mm-hmm. You you want them, uh, you know, to be disciplined. You know, you you want these hard things for them because you know it'll make them happy. It'll help make yeah. them happy in the long run. Yeah, yeah. it's not the yeah. superficial buying a new car things that right. are like short term, yeah. short lived happiness. No, you want the the things that they actually put in the effort and hard work for that pay off in the yeah. end. That's going to create like the long lasting happiness. Like, yeah, I, yeah that, that's what I want. I feel like when I'm like uh, parenting Genevieve, you know, if you know, there's, I mean, she's a good kid, but talking back or whatever, and I'm correcting that, it's not because there's like a, a power struggle or like I, I feel the need to be in charge. Mm-hmm. It's I'm correcting because. 
it's almost I can feel like if I don't, I can see where that leads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that doesn't get corrected, I can see where that domino effect or sure. butterfly effect what what that becomes in ten years. And 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 it's not a happy thing for her or anyone around her. Right. You know? So and that kind of goes back to your thing about doing the good thing for humanity as a whole, kind of. Uh a little bit. Not to go too far down a, a side tangent, but do you explain that when you correct her? Do you explain why you're correcting her? Uh, to that degree, yeah. Like you don't talk bad because if you know you keep doing that, then yeah, uh, there's probably a short thing on how to treat people. You know, even if it's as simple as you know you treat people the way you want to be treated or something that simple. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that discussion changes with how old they are. Yeah, I can like see that. the depth of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to have the same conversation 20 times as they get older, and it'll probably sound a little bit different every time because you know what they can understand, or you're building on the last time you talked about it, or something. I got you. I was just curious if, if you actually went into like further discussion, or if you just said, "Yeah, I know some parents just do what I say," you know, type attitude. Right. But I don't think that works. I don't. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> no, we we have long time. Like I like that about our job. When she does get out, we we start talking about anything and everything, and just kind of ramble. Nice. But um, so that's cool. Um. So I think that's super important that you know why you're having kids and what you want for them. I mean, that's going to guide everything. Yeah. You do. Uh, my one, like, random thought um, thinking about, you know, we're going to talk about this, was, um, and, and maybe it makes you reconsider. Maybe that's a big thing about having kids is it makes you reconsider everything. That mm-hmm. you've thought. Yeah. Because you're 10, 15, 20, 40 years old. I mean, how many times have we actually stopped, thought about what we know or think we know, mm-hmm. and then say, is, does this make sense? Or is like, this important? Next to never. Yeah. yeah. Is this important? It, it, it might be influenced by, you know, a stupid experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, may, I think that's... The, but what my thought was... Um, I think as adults, we kind of have expect different things from the relationships we're in, just people we meet, whether oh, yeah. it's personal or uh, where we work or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if that affects the way we parent, which I imagine it has to. But like for some people, they probably have relationships for different reasons, whether they're trying to get something out of it or... Um, you know, they have relationships with people because, you know, it makes them feel good to keep everything going smoothly or, um, and I could definitely see that in different parenting styles, probably what, what, what are you as a parent selfishly trying to get out of the relationships with the child, you know, uh, probably more opportunities to travel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> which is legitimate but as a child you're not thinking about that and no I, I'm, I think I'm even a, as an adult you're not really thinking about it maybe it's subconscious but yeah no i've already i've talked to jessica already about um 
taking Olivia over to like south of France or like <laughs> France for like a month or you know two months during the summer at some yeah. point. Like I, I would love to do that. Yeah. Like during her school breaks, take her over to a different country and just hang out and like Sweet. let her fully immerse into like yeah. that culture and. Well, and also, are so you cool. putting your your brain into her by it, I mean, she's going to experience that differently than you are going to experience it. And even differently than you think she's going to experience it. Right. Oh yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. I mean, she, she's gonna, everybody has their enjoy own being outside right? and hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. Probably whether that's South of France or South of New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, which would be cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can do both. <laughs> can go visit you get connecting flight. Native American tribes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that last question made more sense in my head. But uh yeah. What the, so the question was, what am I selfishly trying to get out of Well, what what do you look for in relationships with other people? And I know that's probably going to change quite a bit on the type of relationship it is and with who. You know, yeah, um, it would change dramatically depending yeah. on who that person is. But but it feels like you know a lot of people are looking to see what they can get out of a relationship. Some people are looking to see what they can give to a relationship. Some people are looking to feel accepted by the other person. Some people are are really just there to hey, what can I learn from this person? Mm-hmm. So I think that collection of aspects, which is still selfish. Oh, it's all selfish. Yeah. Yeah. But I well, think the collection of aspects yeah. is going to. A lot of people would argue that giving to somebody is not a selfish motive. But I disagree. I know you do. <laughs> you come from more of a philosophical background. So, uh, yeah. My mom being one of them, and I'm sure she'll listen to this, but she, her, her and my brother argued uh, quite a bit on that. On that one. On that one. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's selfish. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my brother's point of view, but uh, that is not my mom's. <laughs> but so. you can still, I mean, two selfish uh, I people out there could still come to a mutually beneficial. Yeah, it's uh, Stephen know. Covey's, you know, win-win approach. Right. Yeah. Right. So what is it? Yeah. Um, yeah and I think... You can take that and apply it to any relationship, yeah. even father daughter. Yeah, and and I, I think uh, probably just as if not more more important than the relationship to your daughter is going to be uh, to Jessica, because I think you're going to find that um, you guys are going to disagree on more things than you and your kid are. Because it's a different relationship, you know? You're basically teaching your kid stuff where mm-hmm. um, how you teach your kid that or, or what your kid goes through, there's there's always... Yeah, there are a couple things that... I, being aligned there. I know that we've already talked about a couple things, her and I, that I know that we'll disagree on, like the parenting, certain parenting style. Yeah. One of them, like the whole crying themselves oh, asleep. Yeah. I already know that she's going to be picking that baby up, <laughs> you know, and not wanting to hear the baby cry, yeah. which I understand, but I'm definitely more, uh, I don't know, persistent. And in, in that regard where I'll just, I, yeah. I understand that it's a short term thing, yeah. the crying and it will help 
long-term success of mm-hmm. the sleep habits and everything else. And so I'm willing yeah. to do that up work, upfront work Yeah, where she probably wouldn't want to. Yeah. Well, We've talked about that. That's just one thing. It's awesome you talked about it because then you could probably realize that regardless, it's it, it's not worth, you know, arguing too much about either way. Why not? Or come with a creative because, solution. Because we both think that our way of doing something <laughs> is the best way to raise the kid, right? I think when Genevieve was getting to that point, uh, we only tried it one night, but Katie actually went to her parents' house, and I stayed home with Genevieve, mm-hmm. so she couldn't hear the crying. <laughs> <laughs> and she couldn't nurse to sleep because there's yeah. no other to nurse. Um, I think Katie's mom came over and we eventually, you know, after a struggle. So you had to get Katie out of the house. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sometimes it takes creative <laughs> things like that. And I don't know if that, if that here's was even a, the end of here's it. Here's a plane ticket, Jess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come you, or you, you take just, her you to des- south of France you to wean her or to get her to sleep in her own bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, well, I mean, her and I are getting married next year, and she wants to take a honeymoon for a couple of weeks. So, there you, you go. go. I mean, the baby will, should be like a, not even a year, but yeah. very close. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's good timing. Uh, yes. Nah, you guys, you guys would be great. It'll, it'll be fun. Any other last uh, bits of information or advice? Other uh, questions to. Get my mind thinking. No. Um, nope. All right. Just prepare not to sleep too much that first year. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I wanted <laughs> to get your feedback on that. Like, how much sleep can I expect? I'm trying to mentally prepare. Uh, and like I said, that all depends on the kid. There's some kids that sleep like rocks right out the gate. Yeah. I'm sure. I just remember that first at least year getting up in the middle of the night every night to bounce her. I'd bounce her in the ergo uh, after giving her a bottle to get her back to sleep. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then there's, yeah, even on the weekends and stuff, I mean, it's not a lot of time to catch up on sleep because... Um, but I remember that's all like that's all you wanted to do was sleep for still all I wanted for a very long time yeah for a very long time it's still my favorite pastime (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but um yeah all right well I appreciate uh, all the guidance man no it's fine we should do one of these uh, once Olivia's here yeah I'll get some (laughs) I'll prepare some better questions all right thanks everybody for listening.